What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. Hey, we're back with Public Access America. I'm sorry, I cut Jeffrey off in the middle of a topic purposely so that you would have to come back this Thursday and listen. And now you're here. So let's get started. Yeah, man, you just totally left him with the COVID COVID data blue balls on that last episode. Like, we're going to talk about COVID. Okay. And you're going to have to wait until Thursday, fuckers. Or you could listen to the live stream every Sunday and hear it within its entirety. And that's how content works. Right. But uh, so, so the Delta variant, oof. Okay. So when I did the math here earlier this week, this is where we're at. So we have about 600,000 deaths in, in the United States, oh. about 30, uh, about 33.5 million cases. So what does that mathematically, what does that equate to? 10% about of the a, population? One, so 10% of the population has had COVID. And of that 600,000 uh, you know, 600, that have died, it works out to a 1.8% mortality rate. Oh. 1.8% of the population who gets COVID will die. Two and a hundred? Yikes. Yeah, about two and a hundred. Okay. So that means that for every hundred people that end up going to your local emergency room with COVID issues, two of them are going to die. Right. Or two that didn't think it was serious and thought it, they could ride out the flu and just died at home. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is like, it's not, it's not entirely random, you know, as much as you'd like it to be, you know, there are cases where entire families have been wiped out by COVID. There are cases where entire families have, you know, gotten COVID and, you know, nothing's happened. Is a question. The question is, is where, where do you rank on that, on that poll? And that's, Mm -hmm. it's hard to say. It's a dirty, it's a dirty hairy line, isn't it? Like, uh, you do you feel lunky punk? (laughs) Do you feel lunky punk? Do you? But, um, so, so 1.8% mortality rate to give you, to give you some perspective before COVID flu and pneumonia only had a 0.1% mortality rate. Mm. So to put that into perspective, that means that this is 18 times deadlier than the flu and pneumonia combined. 
And that's all variants. This is a generic. This isn't digging down into the Delta variant. This is just overall right. all the variants. All variants. All variants. Which, I mean, when you look at flu pneumonia and the number of variants there are of that, it's mm-hmm. no different of a calculation. Sure, so. so now that total, based on what we have seen in the data at this point, 99, 99.2% of people who are dying now of COVID. do not, are are unvaccinated. So 0.8% are dying that are vaccinated. Now, once again, vaccines are not 100% effective. Nothing you have ever taken as a kid is 100% effective. Right. Everything has a chance to kill you the first time you try it. That's what everybody told me about cocaine. You might just die. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. might just die eating an apple, you know? So yeah. Uh, Also true. So, but now, out of all of the deaths that are taking place in the United States, 99.2% are people who are unvaccinated. So that means like out of a thousand people, only eight that have been vaccinated are dying. Whereas everybody else is unvaccinated. So when you put that into perspective, mathematically speaking, if you were, if, if those numbers held true, COVID, as we know it, has a 1.8% mortality rate. Flu pneumonia, as we know it, has a 0.1% mortality rate. Vaccinated deaths from COVID, if, if, if you were to theoretically extrapolate that, would work out to be essentially 0.007% mortality rate. So... It would, that makes it less deadly than than the flu and pneumonia, the thing that everybody has been claiming from the beginning of this thing. <clears throat> after after we've been vaccinated, after, after you've after vaccination, something percent of the population has been vaccinated. It's that it's not it's that less deadly to all of us. That that makes it that is it, it's literally yeah. Let me make sure that I got the math right on that one. Because you're so, averaging you're averaging entire population. If you did the entire that. population, so right uh six hundred one two three times. But the unvaccinated uh, are really carrying the numbers for the vaccinated. This one, yeah, <laughs> they're taking the deaths for me, and that sucks because how how many. Sorry, I'm going to take you on a percentage hole. I wonder what percentage of the people that are dying now from COVID are people that are immune deficient or couldn't get the vaccine yet and had to mask and other people just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's really, you know, and that's the other thing too, is, is that they're finding out that people who are immunocompromised, Mm -hmm. even having gotten both shots may not have enough antibodies to may not have produced enough antibodies to create a, a, an actual immunity to COVID. And so for some of them, they're actually, they're like trying to study, you know, do they need a third booster shot, you know, months Uh down the road in order for them to actually get an immunity to it. That is all we need to bring Dan back now, don't we? We're going to need to bring Dan back yeah, because, because the Delta variant, you know, and that's the other thing that we need to keep in mind too, is, is that we've got the Delta variant. We've got the gamma variant. Um, I want to say there's a Kappa variant. Basically what we've seen is, is that with the, with the COVID strains that are out there and with the COVID vaccines that are out there, there's still, the vaccines are still highly effective. And until something structurally changes with the virus itself, these vaccines are going to remain highly effective. Mm-hmm. As long Number as it's, one. as long as it's a COVID style, as long as it's, uh, you know, as long as virus, it's still yeah. producing that, as long as structurally it's still producing that spike protein, like MRSA or SARS or COVID. I mean, they're all COVID, so yeah. But so so there's that aspect. But number two, the other issue at hand is is that, and it's actually you know something that we're hoping is going to hold true. But it's looking like the immunity that people are getting from the vaccine looks like it could last several years. I believe that. It, 
And so there might not necessarily be a need for a booster. Once again, though, the, the issue that we have is, is that it's we haven't had enough time with the vaccines in order to find out how long that immunity could last. Right. So, I mean, there's there's bad news and there's good news because, you know, in theory, if you've had COVID or you've gotten vaccinated, you're going to have some level of immunity to the virus. Yeah. If you get vaccinated, you're going to have a more predictable immune response to a virus. Mm-hmm. And we also don't know. That's the other thing. We also don't know what people who've had the natural strain of COVID, no vaccines, what that looks like in terms of reinfection rates, if it's possible. Even That was Dan's point. If we all get vaccinated at the same time, we know the timetable in which we're working with. But if 60% of our population is on that timetable, but 29% are on a random timetable because they had COVID, then we're 10%, right? 10% of the population had COVID. 60% are on the one timetable, but 10% are on this random timetable that we don't know the end Mm -hmm. to. And that's why we all needed to get vaccinated within a three-month period of one another Mm -hmm. to knock it down, you know? Absolutely. So it's one of those things like, you know, when it, when it comes to being vaccinated, like we have, we have this ability to really tamp it down. And, and I mean, in the data, that's what you saw. Mm -hmm. You saw things get absolutely tamped down really quickly because vaccinations work. Turns out they work really well. You watched, right? You watched, you watched how we went from these horrific peaks. Basically, right around January eighth was where the peak of mm-hmm. uh, our COVID, uh, our COVID cases was. Yeah. And then, as the vaccine becomes widely available, it just falls precipitously. And now you're looking at, a, you know, this is one of those things where, like. This is tough because as a data person, I don't like the media scare tactics with, right. with, with how they address things. Yes. COVID is on the rise again in, in, in parts of the country. Right. And unfortunately it's on the rise again in the parts of the country that haven't gotten vaccinated. And that's one of yep. the things that people need to understand is, is that yes, it's on the rise. Should you be worried about it? I mean, everybody at this point, it's like, if you've gotten vaccinated, take the precautions that you want to, if you want to, you know, if you want to continue masking because you just want to make sure that you're not, you know, spreading, you know, potentially catching the Delta variant. Like that's the other thing we don't know is, is if, if people are getting the Delta variant, if they're vaccinated, are they able to spread the Delta variant? And so, you know, if, if you're, if you're wanting to continue masking in order to not spread it, you know, that's fine. If, you know, you're vaccinated and, you're like, I'm done with the masks. I'm trusting the science because I got vaccinated. Hey, great. Fantastic. You know, that's one of those things. But if you're not vaccinated, you know, it's, yeah, you could, you could have absolutely no symptoms. And you could catch it from somebody that's been vaccinated because they could Mm -hmm. be an asymptomatic carrier or just feeling limited symptoms because they were vaccinated, but they can still transmit it. Maybe, you know, and and the other thing too is is that now with the delta variant the delta variant is actually starting to affect kids so emergency rooms around around the country that are dealing with the delta variant are now starting to see an influx of children in their emergency rooms who are younger people weren't ready to be vaccinated yet or weren't authorized to be vaccinated yet right and and so and and the other thing too is is that it looks like we now have another potential vaccine candidate that's going to be uh, approved in the US with Novavax Nice. So, and they're another two-shot mRNA. Like, one of the things that we're going to have to keep in mind is, is that while for some of us, the pandemic might be over because we're vaccinated, the reality is, is that, number one, the pandemic is not over because as long as the world at large is still unvaccinated, that means mm-hmm. that there is still chance for mutations. And that means that there is still a chance that one of these mutations will structurally change the way in which COVID works and our vaccines become ineffective. Right. And so, you know, we're in a race against time to get the world vaccinated as quickly as possible. The world. And so just keep that in mind is, is that, you know, the Delta variant didn't show up in the country because of because it mutated within the country. The Delta variant showed up from another country and it's now spreading because people aren't vaccinated. 
Right. And they, I want to say that that's from India and I'm not, yes. I'm not besmirching India. They are a tough people. If you think right. about the things and the, uh, the, the diseases that have come out of India, the food they eat and how they've survived. And you think that that the thing that took India down almost is here. You got to be worried about that. You know what well, I mean? Here's, and here's the reality that people who are going to, you know, go, Oh, China. Oh, India. The, the reality is, is that any place where you have lagging vaccinations is a breeding ground for potential variants. Yeah. I mean, even in the United States, we had our own variants. We had the California variant. We had a New York variant and I believe we had uh, another variant in there as well, mm-hmm. but, but they weren't any, they weren't particularly stronger than anything else. But now you've got like, then you had the UK, South Africa, Brazil variants that were definitely a little bit stronger, but you know, not any, not a whole lot worse than the wild variant. Delta variant is worse. Delta variant. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where, you know, what I've been telling people is, is that it's the idea that stopping COVID is, is a fool's errand. The hope is to get enough people vaccinated to stop getting, you know, a bunch of variants that we're going to have to track and figure out because eventually, you know, hopefully like for example, Duke is working on a pan coronavirus uh, vaccine. So multiple. Well, yeah. So if it's possible that you could do multiple fantastic, Yeah, that would be absolutely, that would be absolutely fantastic. If you could attack it at its level instead of its mutations, like, yeah, that makes all the difference in the world. If you attack the COVID um, container, right, as opposed right. to just the little spikes on it, because that's how we that's how we get our immunity. We we inject a bunch of dead spikes into our body and, and our our body goes, oh, we don't like that whole thing. You know what I mean? Right. And as long as the as long as COVID produces those spikes, yeah, we're going to be able to vaccinate against, you know, COVID. Mm-hmm. So. So the understanding needs to be that, number one, people who aren't vaccinated are at risk. Number two, people who are vaccinated are still at risk, but it's a lot less likely. And the other thing that you have to keep in mind, too, is is that, you know, what's going to look like is constant exposure. Now that you're vaccinated and you're going to be out in public, there's going to be a constant exposure to the virus at some point. And so that level of immunity is going to stay there. It's just that until we get enough people vaccinated before we see a super significant variant right. that threatens that it should, it should be, things should be all right. Like not like what it was when this first happened and we were like, Oh shit, what are we up against? Right. But here's what I feel bad about is that like this Delta variant, it's like this thing is just bopping around the world, becoming stronger and feeding on the people and becoming stronger as we get immune from it and it's attacking us. And then this, this Superman of a virus just attacks North Korea's like population who already is facing major food insecurity, isolation, authoritarian dictatorships. And it's like, what, what else could those people possibly have to deal with? You know, they're, they're, the people in North Korea literally eat dirt to survive. People throw flashcards over the fence so that they, they can watch shows like Friends or news or movies. You know, that's how isolated they are. And now they're suffering with this virus. I made a joke earlier because I kind of was inferring that I hope like the government gets COVID and half of it passes away so that we could get new reforms there. I, I would hate to think that the people are now suffering. On the other hand, I'd rather be dead than live in North Korea. And maybe this is the dagger they've been looking for, you know? Well, and that's, and, and that's just it is, is that it's, it's really unfortunate for the people. Like once again, my empathy is with the people of any country that has right. to deal with that because most, most of the time the people are no different than you and me. Governments on the other hand, like, like I've said, I don't trust the Chinese government. I don't trust the the North Korean government. I don't, don't trust, trust the Russian government. government. Right. I don't trust our government. <laughs> like, like inherently, I don't trust governments at large. So, right. like, you know, I have more faith in some governments than others, but that still isn't a whole lot. And that just means become trustworthy governments. It doesn't mean we're trying to knock you out of existence. It means be right. better. Okay. Be better. Be more transparent. <laughs> yeah. Let you know. 
allow your allow the people to have more control. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's quickly. that's the reality. I had a, I figured something out. I I I don't want to get away from North Korea, but I Republicans have realized that they could streamline government not by making government smaller, but by making the demographic that it serves smaller, by eliminating the American people. They believe they can shrink government down to a manageable size. It just has to run for them, not us. Anyway. And that sounds about right. Yeah. So North Korea. <laughs> so North Korea. Um, you know, and and the reality is, it's like you're seeing all of these different potential vaccine candidates out there. Mm-hmm. Like Sinovac, you know, the Chinese vaccine has not been effective. Right. Like it's it's like at best 50% effective. And, you know, even like Brazil is now like pissed because, you know, they've gotten a bunch of this. And, and I think Brazil's about to pass us in the number of deaths that they've had wow. from COVID. So we might, so sorry, USA, we might not be number one for much longer. Right. Not that we really should have been number one in this category to begin with. Imagine like we got rid of Trump, but they're, they're still dealing with their Trump. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin is on national TV in Russia pleading with Russians to get, you know, the Sputnik vaccine, which actually was surprisingly effective. I mean, I don't know what the side effects look like, unfortunately, like when it comes to how how bad it might be individually, there's there's not really I haven't seen any information out there that you know detail side effects or anything like that i mean it's definitely a lot more closed off than compared to our government with what we've been talking about with with pfizer uh, and with moderna and with johnson and johnson and with astrazeneca like i wish our information was far more out there but there is information out there it's just not as open as it should be whereas with russia there's nothing but every government gets to run the way it wants and I get to decide where I live and I choose to live here. So Russia gets to be Russia. I hate the fact that Russia is Russia, but they get to be Russia. If they don't want to share information. That's fine. That's and with that's the fine. And their Sputnik vaccine actually worked out to be almost on par with our two shot vaccines because okay. it was running about 90 to 92% effective. It's in, not in what in, yeah, it's not about any country. Let's get everybody vaccinated, and if they're if seventy percent are vaccinated with Sputnik and it works, let's do it. You know, <laughs> you know this is you know there are some us versus them that yeah. I do want to have uh, the, a vaccine race for effective vaccines to get the world vaccinated. I don't care how much Russia supplies to the world. Right. Let's just get them vaccinated. Uh, green energy creation. I want an us versus them. <clears throat> Who's producing well, solar panels? Who's producing wind? Who's producing hydro? Like right. I want a good us versus them in something that actually benefits the world, not like nuclear weapons where let's face it, we glass the entire fucking planet and the, those who survive are, you know, irradiated into oblivion. Right. And Think, somebody, I like a good us versus them that actually betters humanity. Hell yeah. Let's fly those national flags high and let's have a good fight over who's going to create the best solar panels or the most efficient solar panels or the most widely available solar panels. Let's right. have a good fight over who's going to create the most effective vaccine or who's going to create the most vaccine. Right. Right. Yes. You know, those are things that benefit humanity. I would love to see a race <clears throat> to feed people. You know what I mean? Who That'd can be a great feed one the too. most people? Who can, who can do it? There's seven companies. If they all just started donating their leftovers to the world, people would mm-hmm. be people would be fed. Oh yeah. No, I think that I think that there's absolutely possibility out there, and that sometimes, a, you know, this is one of those like in the spirit of competition, like these are some competitions that basically should be the Olympics. Like, yeah, let's, 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 let's get, let's get the best medicine out there. I want to, I want to have a race against another country to see who figures out the HIV vaccine or, or malaria vaccine or cancer vaccinations. I want to have an us versus them where we figure out, you know, how do you, how do you feed the most people? in limited space because that's going to be a reality for a lot of us is limited space. Yeah. I want to have an us versus them and how we pull carbon out of the atmosphere. That would be awesome. I want to have an us versus them and how do you create more drinking water? How do you create better combustion engines that are hydrogen powered? I want to have an us versus them and things that, you know, these, these are things that while are going to inspire competition. These are things that are going to change humanity for the better. And 
there is no reason why instead of all of this dick measuring that's going on in, in other corners of the universe that we couldn't, you know, have this be the dick measuring contest. Exactly. Science, technology, the future. Because you're talking about windmills and solar, and I'm thinking, who's coming up with the next thing beyond that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who's fusion Fusion energy, like South Korea and their fusion energy reactor. China's working on a fusion energy reactor. I, you know, who's coming up with, who's coming up with the stuff that's going to be, or, or, you know, who's coming up with roadways that are going to uh, continuously charge vehicles as they drive on them? Oh, man. You made my head hurt for a second there with, by mentioning China, because I, I just believe that if we shorten, you know, I, what I believe is that we're actually paying for China's growth. You know what I yes. mean? Like we give them, we, half, are. we give them all of our technology and half of the profits and their, their country is booming. And meanwhile, people are complaining that Mexican citizens are coming here for work. And it just bugs me that we're supplying um, a communist country with so much money and capital and resources when we could be doing the same for Mexico and it would be technologically superior to us in a, in an amazing way. And so it really, every time somebody says China, I think, why are we funding China? Like, why, why aren't we funding Mexico? We, we could you we know? could literally be, I mean, even for, for fuck's sake, even like, even if you wanted to stick with communist countries, Vietnam, for example, at least they're our friends. Or Cuba, it's closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like you know, we've talked about that before. Is you know, know, with 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 the border and how like how do you actually systemically fix the issue that you're complaining about? Right. Building a wall doesn't fix the issue. Mm-mm. Letting everybody in doesn't fix the issue. Mm-mm. Creating safe, uh, profitable sustainable work environments mm-hmm. that are permanent long lasting and right. that deal uh, get deal away with you know the the issues that are driving people here that's how you fix the problem exactly and we could we i don't we tried doing that with china like they were they needed help and we thought if we fund them they'll become less autocratic and more democratic realizing that our system is the one that helped them become what they are, but they're just becoming even more autocratic and we're paying them to do that. It just, that wasn't even, that wasn't even where I wanted to go. That was just a segue because you said China and that's now what I think when people say China. Well, and, but that's the reality is, is that you, you have the people who that's, that's the funny part of the reality because you have all of these people and companies who say that capitalism is the best system in the world. Right. And what are they doing in order to bolster capitalism? They're using a communist country. <laughs> yeah, because the labor. Like, exactly. It's like you sit there and you complain about communism, yet you're profiting off of it. So. Yeah, but Oopsies. here's the thing: you're taking the profits from the slave labor, and you're spending it on a, a supply chain, cargo ships, containers, um, all of that stuff. If you eliminated the supply chain cost, you could raise the cost to the employee and never raise the cost of the product. You you can't you can't sit down and claim capitalism is the best system in the world, right? When you have to use communism in order to make your capitalist system work. Well, I don't think they have to. I think they've chosen to. I, that's my point. I, I, they, I think no, they have, have they have to at this point right now simply because they have not built this, the robust systems right. in order to make it so that way the, the long-term function and profitability is there right. in non-communist countries. But what I'm saying is you can't disprove capitalism because somebody's using it incorrectly. You know, it, you're just showing one version of it, but capitalism might be... F- retrofitted into a system that works i just I'm, I'm, right now I'm it's not working it's not working I'm, for me it's working for them and that's the problem and, with capitalism right now and what i'm showcasing is the fact that capitalism is dependent upon communism and communism is dependent upon capitalism right and so, the solution is socialism <laughs> i don't know that i would say that but the to me to me the solution is definitely to stop arguing over 
over what which system is going to work the best. Right. To me, this the system in which the people are happiest is going to work the best, mm-hmm. and one that doesn't involve you know the just having you know your fist, you know, crushing down the population. You know, exactly. because eventually what's going to happen is, is that, you know, like any system is, is if the controls get too tight and the people get unhappy, that system's going to go away. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen this time and again throughout history. You saw that happen with the Soviet Union. This, the controls were too tight and eventually it, it broke free of them. People you saw, snap, yeah. You've seen that with governments around the world in, in different time periods. I mean, Rome is a fantastic, a fantastic explanation of it, how you can have an iron grip on so much of the world. But once that once people are fucking tired of it on mass, it's over. Yeah. So oh, sorry, I was just uh, I'm down to one final topic here on the list. You're down to one final topic on the list. Yep, and we have a half hour to go, so I just, I just don't know if it's a topic. I think it's pretty a pretty cut and dry topic. Uh, Bill Cosby is planning a new comedy tour, according to his reps. Uh, I just want to remind everybody: Bill Cosby was accused and convicted of raping, drugging, and raping people's daughters, and he was convicted to three to ten years for doing that to a lady named Andrea. And um, in 2018, he was convicted, and he was released because of a technicality that I think is bullshit, and I wish Bill Cosby wasn't living on the same planet as I lived on. And um, maybe you have a legal perspective that would help calm me down, because I am just really upset that he got out and smiled, looked at a camera and smiled and thinks that life can go on the way that he thinks life can go on for him in any way. So, Oh God, this is, this is going to be a tough one because I worked criminal defense for five years. So my point of view is going to be from the criminal defense realm. And so this would be, you know, essentially Cosby's lawyers, you know, and, and the teams that work there. Well, to to understand any situation, you have to get in the head of the opposition. You don't dismiss right. that. You. I'm going to say fact. right now that I I condemn what he has done in every possible way. It is That's truly right. awful. It is truly terrible, and there is there there is nothing good that that he has done that will ever over overshadow what he has done ter- in in those terrible and evil ways like as a man just, he disgusts me there, it, he no, is, it's absolutely no, awful there's no world in which i as a man and him as a man are the curve you know and there's some bell curve to that he is he's he's a version of a man that shouldn't exist saying that <laughs> saying that so rather than rather than necessarily talk about talk about bill cosby uh, itself. I'm going to go into the legal side of what the fuck just happened. Okay. Because I think, I think, I think that is what people need to understand. And this is where people, this is where you got to hold your governments accountable on, on stuff like this, because the defense lawyer, the defense lawyer that, that, that did the work on this, did everything that you would expect any defense lawyer to do. It wasn't, it wasn't a technicality. It was a constitutional decision that was made and has constitutional backing that got him released. That's what, the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court. What, what, but the other issue at hand is what got Cosby released is prosecutorial misconduct. By this is Bruce where, Castor. By Bruce Castor? Is that his name? Uh, Oh, is that the current one or the previous one? I can't remember. The one that uh, they said offered him a deal. Maybe it's so. That's so. That's so. The one who offered him the deal, that would be so. That would be the original. Uh, that would be the original prosecutor or attorney general that they had at the time. Right. But the new one. So one of the things that people need to understand is is that like these voted, these voted on pol- politicians and lawyers and attorneys generals and all that. What 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 people need to understand is is that when you vote for a new position like this, like a new attorney general, 
or if if you happen to vote for prosecutors in in your particular area uh, i know a lot of places just to typically appoint prosecutors so like the, the you know they'll have like a you know you'll have your state attorney general and then you'll have mm-hmm. you know those offices and then they appoint prosecutors yeah 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 some people some places you can vote on them but it's kind of few and far between um so basically what happens is, is that what people need to understand is when a prosecutor does what the previous prosecutor did was offer someone, you know, immunity from prosecution as long as they testify in a civil case. Mm. That's what happened. It's like, hey, if you testify in the civil case about your dealings, you'll be immune from prosecution. So there was a constitutional deal made there that had to be upheld. And when the new prosecutor came in it doesn't start that from scratch it doesn't just undo what was already done it would be like if every time that we had it would be like if every time we voted in a new president like we got rid of just everything and started over from scratch we'd never get anything done right it's like my apartment complex switching management and this management suddenly realizing that they're not they don't owe me the money that the last management claimed to say they owed me so yeah you can't just change things because you know the parties change but the company stays the same i get that so and that's what happened is is that the new prosecutor said fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna try him and that's how that's how this became a thing and that's how he ends up getting convicted because he but, confessed in civil court, because if you can make somebody write um, person to person, right, it's not a federal case if it's a person on person solution, which we always try to achieve first. So that's what you're saying. Like Bill Cosby and the lady that he drugged and raped came to terms to a solution in a civil court, and you can't use that against him in a criminal court. Because this is where, you know, that common phrase plead the fifth comes into. You have the mm-hmm. right to refuse you know you have the right to not incriminate yourself right and that's you know what happened is is that they made a deal so that way if he testified he could not incriminate himself it's a constitutional thing so it doesn't mean that you know you can basically it means that you you can you can incriminate yourself but there has to be a deal you if you make a deal where it's like hey i will tell you what happened but in you have to agree not to charge me otherwise i'm not saying shit right so a lot of people rather than you know if if you don't have the standing to make that deal that's where people will plead the fifth and say yeah i'm not going to potentially incriminate myself on this case he made a deal that would very much incriminate himself if if he were to go to trial in a criminal sense because he thought if he could handle it civilly it would all just go away right I mean, uh, what happens usually is that they do that, and then there's a settlement under the table with a disclaim, you know, do not disclose agreement, and then everything goes on, and that's the hush money thing with Donald Trump and you know the the porn stars and everything, and that's right. So that's what he was hoping. He was hoping civilly it would just go away, would and criminally they wouldn't be charged, and he could go on with life. Right. So so prosecutorial misconduct is unfortunately this is not something that's new this is probably like the most visible that it's ever been and this is where i tell people it's like look much like your cops prosecutors do some really shady shit and they will do things in order to get things moved along Mm -hmm. or closed out and this is where you know it's incumbent upon you the people of whatever state, whatever county that you're a part of, in the case, in some case, feds, the national level. Right. You have to be the ones that sit down and, and say what is okay and wasn't, what isn't okay. The fact of the matter is, is that what was agreed upon had to be held in place. And when the new prosecutor came in and reneged on that deal, and charged and and ultimately made it through to conviction mm. that if if as long as that deal didn't come to light cosby was going to stay in jail but once that deal came to light and that that that's where misconduct comes in okay so 
There's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that can explain misconduct better, but this is not a unique problem is the thing. Yeah, you have you have this happen all the you have this happen all the time where, you know, prosecutors will promise one thing if as long as they can get something, but then they'll end up prosecuting you on something else. Right. And time and time again, courts will rule against that. It's just that a lot of the time it's, there's not enough evidence to say that that's whatever happened. So this is where, you know, quote unquote, your Miranda rights come in. So for example, it's like, Hey, you know, you just, if you just tell us what happened, we'll go really easy on you. You know, it'll all be over. Yeah. It'll all be fine. And you get these people that will then just gush on everything without the protection of a lawyer. And then they get the fucking book thrown at them. Mm Mm-hmm. But in this case, you know, where there's an actual agreement in place and then they get the book thrown at them, this is where you got to say, it's like, look, if, if someone's accused of sexual assault, then you need to be telling your prosecutors no deals for sexual assault people. Right. You know, no, for, for no deals for sexual assault criminals. Like, but if you're going to have stuff like this happen, like your prosecutors are supposed to work, you know, they're supposed to work in, 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 in favor of the victim. And in this case, right. you know, I, I don't necessarily blame the prosecutor for wanting to get closure for all of the, all of the victims that there were, I really don't, but I do blame them for knowing all of these structures that were in place and then choosing to go this route because now what's going to happen is that none of this is ever going to come back. Right. It's done. And it's yeah. there. The justice that you hope to get is gone. But again, if you can make, <clears throat> if you can make somebody whole civilly, and I don't think you can, but only the, the, per, the victim can say if they've made been made whole enough but if the victim says they've been made whole enough civilly then criminally there's nothing other than to prove the point so if you give him immunity criminally by confessing civilly you're actually giving the victim more of what they want like they want they want reparations they want closure they want all of these things other than bill cosby just rotting in prison that's that's a societal function. Like he should just be shunned. You know what I mean? I civilly, I think as he walks around, he should never be able to smile again. I think he's a disgusting human being, but if the victim at some point said civilly, we can settle because I feel that he's reached what I want, then that's how you make the person whole. And if the prosecutor's there for the victim and the victim is made as whole as the victim says they've been made, then what is the point of, the jail, the criminal, you know? So, so this is where it's like the civil side made one victim whole, supposedly. One, just one, right. But what it did was it established how all of these other victims came to be. And they used that information in order to try on other victims is what happened. Oh, so it was. Which uh, it's poison. <laughs> it's the poison fruit. Poison fruit. Yes. You can't, you, the deal was made so that way you couldn't be prosecuted at all. Wow. And what they essentially did was go, okay, cool. We're not going to prosecute you for this case, but now we've got all these other cases and we're going to use that information to do that. And you cannot do that with those kinds of agreements. And it took two years to go through the system to get up, like, you know, the mistrial, whatever, you know, you claim. And then it goes all the way up to the Supreme court. It took two years of him sitting in prison. It it that and that's what people don't realize is is that the like these things take a long time, but that level of a fuck up is ultimately going to cost the judicial system because I guarantee you the next thing that's going to happen is Cosby's going to file a suit against the 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 courts against mm-hmm. against the prosecutor and they're going to have no choice but to pay Cosby for his time in jail. And that's so not only on. that's what he'll and, live on the rest of his life. And so and so I guarantee you that when you have that level of misconduct, there's going to be a civil suit that comes with it and that they're going to end up paying this person because of what they did. And that is where this gets royally fucked up because not only did they do this wrong from the get, but now they're going to have to pay for it on top of that. I mean, it's insult and injury. Yeah. And that's the taxpayers of that community that, that are paying, not the prosecutor doesn't come out of the prosecutor's pocket. 
He's going to be fired. Yeah. He's going to have a cushy job at some fucking law firm. And yeah, the community is going to pay for that. So this is where, you know, when it comes to reforming how you do some of this, mm-hmm. like there, there has to be some very, you know, the, the communities have to get involved. The states have to get involved in how they see things like this. Like I get that, you know, when it came, when it came to trying to get civil closure on this, like wanting to get this done was a huge thing because it's a huge media circus and all of that. Mm-hmm. But you have to, you have to, think about all of the other victims that are out there in a case like this and you have to wait does closure for one victim mean closure for all the victims does justice for one victim mean justice for all the victims and that's actually what you saw with uh epstein believe it or not was you know he had a closed case uh involving sex with a minor i believe it was Mm mm-hmm but because of the way that the deals were done it was also poison fruit. So bringing additional cases against Epstein was going to be next to impossible unless they got different evidence from a different way in order to charge him. Well, they did. That was it. There's everything in Florida was tampered or was tainted, but then they found it is New York home. Something happened, which opened a brand new case. Exactly. And and so that's what happened in order to get Epstein in jail. And then, right. you know, whatever happened there but they didn't do that with cosby is what happened instead of you know being like okay we know what we you know we know what should what happened Uh you know now the now what information can we find that essentially would be outside of that norm to get that charge done right and a different victim in a different state bringing up a new charge you know what i mean yep like we keep forgetting that um Lazzie Ford could have reported the crime of rape and Kavanaugh would have had to fight those charges. She chose not to charge, you know, like, and it was a long time ago, but she, she chose not to file charges in the district in which she claimed to be raped in. And I, I believe she was raped by the way. I believe she was assaulted, sexually assaulted. You know, I believe everything she said, it's just, she didn't file charges. So Kavanaugh still sits on the bench. but you know this is that's also one of those things like like how do you how do you get evidence from 30 years ago right at some point it's just gone which is why preserving records is so important but we believe that like i believe i believe in non-violent non-conforming right like and i feel that bill cosby just isn't going to get in my attention and hopefully like every American feels the same way. Like, yeah. I mean, Geraldo was just praising him, you know, and that really bugs me that the right might take him on as like, a, I don't know. I don't know. Rape is bad, but Democrat or Republican, right? We're not going to start um, cancel culturing rapists now. Like, right. I mean, if, if we're not canceling rapists, I don't know. Yeah. What, what the fuck are we going to cancel at this point? But I mean, is Bill Cosby going to be the next Mr. Potato Head? You know, like Democrats are claiming to cancel Bill Cosby like they did Al Franken. Like, I don't know. I just worry about it. I worry about him becoming some mega fucking front man. You know? Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and like Kanye, the next Kanye. You know? Oh, and, and that's the worst part about it is, is yeah. that, you know, we can make the choice of who we uh, watch, who we listen to, mm-hmm. who who we allow our time. But unfortunately, we can't make that decision for others. That's right. All you know, it's it comes down to values. What are your values? If you claim yeah. to, if you claim to support Christian values, then you shouldn't be supporting this guy. Yeah, live your values, not your politics. Like if you if you claim if you claim to support women in any sort of regard, you shouldn't be supporting this guy. Exactly. And so, you know, that's that's what has to happen. And unless, you know, I, I just I don't know how, unfortunately, these victims are ever going to get their justice now because of prosecutorial misconduct. And yeah. And that that is the really frustrating part for me because yeah. people are 
people are looking at it as, oh, well, he's, a, you know, the, with the defense. Well, why couldn't, why couldn't they just leave him in jail? It's like, well, that would be the same thing as, well, <clears throat> you have your Miranda rights mm-hmm. and you make a deal to roll on somebody, let's say. And then they throw the book at you, despite the fact that you made a deal. What's the mm-hmm. point of ever making a deal then? Yeah. It's like accusing me of remaining silent when that's my right and then charging me with it. And then, yeah. Yeah. Putting me in it's jail. A, for staying it's your, me. your constitutional right to not incriminate yourself. That's right. And however you make that happen is part of that. And so using that, against you is illegal and it's been illegal time and again. Yep. And so this is where you need to blame your prosecutors, not the defense attorneys. The defense attorneys did their job. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't have to like the job that was done because I guarantee you that if you're ever in that situation where let's say that you happen to just be the bystander, but you know, guilty by association, you were there. Yeah. If they give you the chance to, you know, make a deal and potentially not incriminate yourself. You need to do so with the full faith that should they come back after you, you can look to that deal and say, no, 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 Mm. we had a deal. You can't charge me with this. And that's every, that's every American's constitutional, right? Yeah. I'm just, I vow as a broadcaster to not give, Bill Cosby, a platform to redo his image. So we're reaching the end. I got to ask you a a movie question, of course. And that would Mm -hmm. be, what's your favorite Bill Cosby movie? No. (laughs) Is there one where he gets murdered? No. Um, uh, I don't know if he has any. No. What's your favorite 4th of July movie? You know what I mean? Ooh, favorite 4th of July movie? Yeah. I don't know. Um, It's a hard one to think about, right? I mean, if we're so, so I guess we'll have to expand this a little bit, a little bit. So if we're going to go, if we're, if we're going to go with 4th of July, what's the 4th of July about barbecue and explosions. Um, so let's go with explosions then. Um, in terms of movies with great explosions, Mm -hmm. Ooh, you know, I like this one. Yeah. If I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with the expendables then, because let's face it, you're not watching the expendables because the plot line is any good. You're watching it because it's a bunch of people kicking ass and things are blowing up. So a bunch of the old action stars. So in that case, 4th of July, I'm going to have to go with the expendables, the, the, all three of them. I like it. You just made me think of enemy of the state where, um, mm, yes, where, enemy of the state where they're leaving the, the hive, you know, that Gene Hackman made and, uh, Will Smith. And he's like, Will Smith is like, did you just blow up the building? And, and G, uh, what oh, the other guy is just like, yeah. Cause you made a phone call. <laughs> right. Awesome explosions. But I'm going to say I watched Gandhi yesterday and I'm going to make that Gandhi? my, my 4th of July movie. I think hmm. everybody needs to watch Gandhi. I just really like what I want to say is I know there's, there's rumors and things about Gandhi that aren't good, you know, and I choose Mm -hmm. not to like pay much attention to that. And, you know, I know movies are an idealized polished version of history, which is why I don't normally recommend them. But the way the movie Gandhi is put together, every scene is important and has like a lesson that could teach us today as advocates. Mm -hmm. I think, People need to realize that nonviolent obstruction is the way to go. Violence just, it just disrupts everything. It was Martin Luther King's idea. It was Gandhi's idea. And it's, it's something that forms the basis of who I am. It's more information, less violence, you know? Well, and and that's the other thing too, is, is that when you look at, there are very few times in history where violence accomplishes what you need it to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And even then it, it doesn't accomplish it as well as you would like it to. Yeah. I mean, realistically, there was not going to be any sort of rationalizing with Hitler. Right. You had to, there was going to be some, there violence was necessary in order to solve that problem. You couldn't negotiate it down to just a few hundred thousand Jews <laughs> a year. Right. Right. So understanding that there, there's a time and a place for violence 
but understanding that it should be very few and far between is really what you need to understand. I mean, yeah. whether, whether you're looking at international issues or whether you're even just looking at your community, nonviolence typically works better mm. in, in getting the changes that you need in, in getting anybody the services that they need. I mean, think about it. How many people, how many people have been killed and how well has that worked out? You know, whether you're looking at the homeless community or the black community or the disabled community, how well has that actually worked out? Now, what happens if you use nonviolent solutions to get people the help that they need? Works a lot better. It's less of a PR nightmare. You get less community ill will. And if you expand it on a national level, less violence is better. Build a consensus at a community level. That's what I'm saying. You know, like... Common sense things. If a bunch, if a hundred, seven thousand communities all do the same thing, then yeah, the it should go national. But if one community's doing it and three hundred are like, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't go national with it just because somebody mm-hmm. wrote a policy to justify their paycheck. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm someone who, you know, I, I like to repeat the line ideals are peaceful history is violent you know that's that's the that's the real truth this is that ideals are peaceful you know the idea that helping out your community the idea that you know being being an agent of change and and doing things positively for the people around you but when you look at history it's like some of those changes have been real fucking violent i think people want faster change than peace allows and that's and that's the problem is is that Fast change is usually violent change, but peaceful change takes time. The quickest change you can make is in yourself. The quickest change you can make to the world is by changing yourself as you, as you need to, you know, how long, how long did Dr. King embrace peaceful ideals before, you know, you got the civil rights act. Mm. How long, how long was that, that civil disobedience happening? And how long before he found peaceful protest, was he advocating for violence? Because um, because when did because I, I want to because I want to say like his work started in in the mid fifties. I'm not quite sure. It was around the Montgomery bus boycott. So and then you didn't get the Civil Rights Act until sixty five. Right. So ten years. Think about that. They, he there's a story. Martin Luther King was sitting in his house with his bodyguards and he was surrounded by guns and he made a decision that he was never going to get what he wanted from what he saw around him. He needed peaceful protest and mm-hmm. nonviolent action. And so he got rid of those guns. You know what I mean? He made a, he made a choice. He saw that. He saw that same choice. I could get what I want by violence, but would I want what I got when I got it? And right. like even Gandhi said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And I, it's so simple, but I, I, I believe it. It's true. Whereas, you know, peaceful, you know, you know, as I think we've talked about before, like if somebody's doing something peaceful and you show up and do something violent against some, someone peaceful, you look like an asshole. Yeah. And showing the world that is where uh-huh. we come in. That's where we should come in is... You know, the journalist that runs over and says, hey, I heard what was going on. I want to help. You know, I love that part of the movie. Uh, His name is Walker and he's just a journalist and he's he makes all the difference in his reporting. And that's what we need to do. I mean, we're talking about North Korea, but I want people to be aware there's people in North Korea suffering right now. Right. Peaceful actions are peaceful actions are slow to make change happen, but. It's when it comes to hearts and minds, the moment somebody acts violently against somebody who's embracing peace, it changes some hearts and minds real quick. And that's exactly what happened. It it, it just, it's just that it's, it's a slow build. It's not, you know, Mm. it's not violence where it's a very quick catalyst and ultimately you don't get the kind of change that you want. And, and I think that's one of like why Dr. King has been, you know, one of my biggest inspirations in trying like to find pieces is that yes. Do I want things to change? Absolutely. So there's yeah. some real messed up shit right now, but 
the thing is, is that if you change it violently, that change is not permanent and that change is not in the way that you want it to be. And it never will be. And You're Dr. King was absolutely it. right about that. You're not going to get it by storm in the Capitol, you know? No, no, you're no. not. But Gandhi is a great movie for that. It has all those life lessons in it. It's three hours. It's on HBO Max right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody has three hours while they're eating burgers, but go watch Gandhi. Be a better person. Love you, Jeffrey. Love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> to those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek security we support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know you already know the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow Nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. Ask not, yes, we can, what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children, yes, we can, one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public access America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Smart Radio Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.